0: everybody we're going to start off with a little audio clip here to get us in the mood you ready dave
1: i'm ready. strapped in there is no middle ground it is either the word of god as professed or it is a total fraud rests on the validity of that vision it either occurred or it did not occur if it did not then this work is a fraud either joseph smith had that remarkable vision, or he did not. While Joseph sought perfection, he did not claim perfection. If he were intending to fabricate a great falsehood or wanted to perpetrate a fraud or practice deceit, would he have been so truthful about his own humanness? The boy was too young to perpetrate a fraud. The sacred words are from the lips of the Eternal Father. Each of us has to face the matter either the church is true or it is a fraud Joseph Smith was either a religious genius or a cunning fraud I got a Something. comment on yeah. the one on the one that where he says he was too young yeah what yeah. the hell does that mean he was too young he didn't write it for years later exactly but it's a mis- we'll get into that we'll get okay. into that
0: so in, in case you guys couldn't tell, Uh, The the title of the episode today, The First Visions, plural, Fabrication Variation. So (laughs) (laughs) recently, Rusty Nell, and we'll play little teeny snippets of this in the episode today, decided to have a, a big deal about the 200th anniversary of the first vision of Joseph Smith, the and, and so he's done this social media video. That's what we're going to play little snippets from here. Uh, he This has gone, you know, they're trying to make it go viral through at least the church media venues. And then, uh, you know, hopefully in their minds everywhere else, maybe. They're planning all these things to celebrate this year. And so it brings to mind the fact and Dave and I have certainly brought this up more than a few times, I think, across various episodes. But we've never purposely focused like, specifically on this topic only of the first visions, plural. The nine, yes, you heard me correctly, nine different accounts of the first vision. Which first vision are you celebrating, Resty Nell? <laughs> so, and when I, did it really happen? When did it really yeah. happen and and well, I'm sh- it didn't happen, right? And so anyway, a uh, little snippet intro there. The church has has said that through the years. actually th- those snippets, there's many more. I only grabbed about seven go way back, I think in what I grabbed to the 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. all the way to fairly, you know, more recent before Hinkley passed away. Uh, or even after Hinckley actually was the one, um, and so yeah, spot on, right? It either really happened, or it's all a fraud. And I think you know where Dave and I stand <laughs> on that issue. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's segue into some church in the news here, Dave, and let's uh, let's yeah. let's I guess intro it by the LDS church in the news the news so uh first one up today driver's ed teacher comma mormon church bishop pleads guilty to sex <laughs> abuse charges another one this one in Hillsboro, oregon a driver's education teacher and mormon church bishop was sentenced to six months oh that's so long in the Washington County Jail Friday after he pleaded guilty to six counts of third-degree sex abuse. Hold on a second. Only one month each for sex abuse? Wow. What wow. the fuck? Oh Must my have been a God. Mormon judge. Ah, oh, man. You should see a picture of this guy. <laughs> His head looks like a bowling ball. Oh, my God. Anyway, man. Uh, <laughs> next, because that's great news. Rainbow Day at BYU draws hundreds of students. Yeah, this one just blows my mind, and it kind of pisses me off as well. Makes me shake my head at the stupidity of, I guess, a large percentage of the population. I don't know what what to say here, guys. So if, if you don't know the background to this... Very quickly, BYU decided recently to kind of simplify its honor code. They took some of the express sentences out of there. Um, they removed a long-standing ban on quote homosexual behavior from the honor code. Uh, but but the point that the the code office what? and other leaders at BYU said is no, we're, look. The code still says appropriate behavior between, you know, male and female students, whatever. It doesn't support, suddenly, homosexuality. They just took some, uh, they took a word out or a phrase out that says, all forms of physical intimacy that give expression to homosexual feelings. Those who (laughs) acted on such feelings before could be punished or suspended. Uh, Well, so the students completely misunderstood this revision and all of a sudden, they took it to the other extreme, and they start like marching and and displaying signs across campus, like it's okay now. We can openly date members of the same sex. It's like mm. you, you guys forget what <laughs> church is behind this college, you dumb fucks. And so they uh. have this rainbow day where they come out and say, "Hey, I can come out now," and it's like. I can hold hands and date, you know, and kiss and date other members of the same sex as long as I don't have sex. Like, no.
1: Well, anyone who believes the church would ever change its mind on that completely, uh, they just don't know the church.
0: No, no. Here's the end summary there. The school's official Twitter account posted the following, quote, even though we have removed the more prescriptive language, the principles of the honor code remain the same. Ta-da! Like that's a big <laughs> surprise, you fucking dumb shit students of BYU. <laughs> I'm like, like it's okay. Why did you even go to the why? anyway? I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, that, that one. Yeah. That's just fucking stupid. Anyway, man, that's church in the news today. Just a couple little tidbits there uh, that I thought were interesting. So, Dave, we're talking again today, uh, as we know about the first visions. But again, before we jump into that, how about a little bit of for
1: your information. All right, let's pick it up. In 1891.
0: Let's see here. Oh, by the way, everybody, before you go on, Dave, uh, Dave is on his phone today recording because, long story, he's having a browser issue with the site we use for him to connect with his microphone. So... Pardon if you notice a quality difference on Dave's side. Sorry. Go ahead. You Dave. know
1: what? Okay. 1891. I'm not prepared. I have to turn on another light. Uh oh. Uh oh. Reference to the first vision I saw—a pillar light—and apparently my pillar is getting wimpy.
0: Are we still talking about Never light? Never mind.
1: Never <laughs> mind. Okay. Ooh, okay 1891 march 24 utah chief justice zane writes quote polygamy has demoralized the people of utah i presume there are more sexual crimes here in proportion to the population than anywhere else unquote okay <laughs> all righty probably true may 14th concerning young man who has been endowed and sealed to his wife without having been ordained to any priesthood. What the? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> First presidency decides to have him ordained as elder, but not to require him to be re endowed or resealed. Doesn't matter what the order is.
0: Okay. <sighs>
1: <Lonnie>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, a little more on polygamy. It just Moran. doesn't go away. October 19th, First Presidency and Lorenzo Snow, 12th President, and po- Apostle Anthony Lund testify in court that the manifesto prohibits new plural marriages anywhere in the world, oh, okay. okay, and prohibits cohabitation with wives married before the manifesto, and that the church will excommunicate violators. <laughs> Although testimony is published in various editions of the Deseret News, All polygamous general authorities violate this by continuing to cohabitate with their plural wives after 1891. Every one of them.
0: Oh, Uh, maybe following (laughs) Joseph Smith's example by chance. Yeah. You know, signing addendums. I only only
1: see one wife. That was one of his things. I only see one wife here. At yeah. the moment, yeah. yeah.
0: At the moment, okay. standing right here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> December 5th, end of that year, state president relates an incident of the prophet Joseph telling Dimick B. Huntington that Noah built the ark in the land where South Carolina is now.
0: Oh, what the fuck? What? <laughs> How does that make any sense? Because that's important.
1: That, that's important to know
0: yeah.
1: where he built the ark.
0: South Carolina. Oh my
1: God. So. It's pulling shit out of our ass. There must have been
0: a lot of gopher wood in South Carolina, huh?
1: And pitch.
0: And pitch.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and two of every kind of animal readily well, available. Two of every. To enter the ark.
0: Yeah. And that's one people get wrong all the time, right? It was two of every unclean animal, seven of every clean animal. Seven. Yeah. 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 Anyway, back
1: to it. That's going to work out for him. Uh June 15th, 1892, Anthony H. Lund again, apostle and temple president, gives instructions that no proxy endowment should be done for persons who died under the age of 15 or 16. (laughs) Uh... So the age of eight didn't apply. Now it's 15 or 16. Uh Because if you're under eight in in the LDS church, you just go straight back to, to daddy.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Yes. Yep. Okay. Wow. Oh, we're coming home for this one, September uh-huh. 11th, St. George, Utah. Stake leaders proudly report that only 20 percent of its young men smoke tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> proudly. Oh. oh my goodness! What an improvement! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> President Woodruff felt desirous to have certain man ordained a patriarch. This is the same date in the Parowan Stake, but the people did not want him. It would not and did not have him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so No, we don't like that guy. Fuck you, President.
0: <laughs> You're only the prophet. Uh,
1: ah, oh my here God. he is again. Oh, wow. Now the end of that year, 1892. Wilf- Wilford Woodruff instructs Lorenzo Snow, next ranked apostle, to organize the new First Presidency immediately after church president's death. So that would be the first time that that has happened since uh, the beginning of the church, if it did happen. He just instructed him to do that. Mm. Uh, We'll have to wait and see if Mm. that happens. December 15th, that year, First Presidency informs apostles that our our success, (laughs) well, there's probably some excess too, in the church suits what was in a great measure due to the fact that we have a partner of justice field of the Supreme Court of the United States and our employee. What? What? Who <laughs> so is to receive a percentage of the money of if the suits go in our favor and the property is returned to us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah.
0: Good old. Uh, let's let's yep. do
1: one more. Okay. We're, we're going to jump into 1893 now. Okay. Edmund Ellsworth says that he heard Joseph Smith say in Nauvoo that the outsiders would not let the saints stay there. Well, that was true. Yeah. Said they would remove to the Rocky Mountains, and they will finally be cast out of the United States. We shall pass down through Mexico and back up through Texas to build the center stake of Zion at Independence, Missouri, known as the horseshoe prophecy for the shape of the movement. Never happened.
0: No, no. I Are you saying that was a failed prophecy of Joseph Smith?
1: Thing? I'm sorry. Are you I'm suggesting yet another.
0: such a thing? Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: well not really it just is written that way that's all oh, oh okay right yeah
0: so we played you little snippets earlier six different people gordon b hinckley was in there twice about this is either real what joseph said he saw here or a bunch of bullshit i think again we'll go with the latter but how about rusty Nell? let's take a listen In the scriptures,
1: there are very few sacred instances in which the voice of God the Father has been heard. So, when he says something, we really need to listen.
0: (laughs) Oh, 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 yes, we should. Yeah, uh, here's the creepy thing, guys. I'm looking at the video here while I'm playing the audio. If you freeze frame after he says, we really need to listen, he has the creepiest ass smile with this creepy face. (laughs) And there's actually memes that have gone around the internet already, of course, right? One of them was, do you remember the Poltergeist movie where there was the creepy old preacher guy walking around the neighborhood in the old preacher garb with that preacher-wide black hat, you know, singing, uh, God is in his holy temple. Did, did you see those, Dave? The I think, I don't know whether that was... Oh, a, sure. Yeah, Poltergeist 2 or 3, yeah. something. Oh, yeah. And he's going to the door. No, I, I, I yeah. those were
1: cutting edge at the time they came out.
0: Oh, yeah. So somebody took a picture of that guy when he came to the door. And he's got, and he was this old creepy looking preacher, right? This evil demon dude, whatever. (laughs) And they did a side by side of Rusty's picture here after he said what I just played. (laughs) I kid you not, Rusty could have played that evil preacher role. It is a creepy, creepy smile. Okay, anyway, I'm getting a little too far into that. Very few instances when God the Father himself is heard in the scriptures. David and I are going to go that, into that a little more later on here. So let's jump ahead a little bit. Rusty's going to talk about, this is a special time, folks. Uh, we're going to you know, commemorate something this year about the first vision. Let's, let's see.
1: In this special year, as we commemorate the 200th anniversary of the first vision, I invite you to think deeply and often about this key question. How do you hear him?
0: Oh, he's talking about when supposedly God, the father points to Jesus and says, hear him. This is my beloved son, hear him. Right? So this whole hear him is the theme here.
1: Think about that verbiage real quick while you're on that, that, comes out of uh is it matthew or john it doesn't really matter one of the four gospels where there's the baptism of christ in the river jordan by john the baptist mm-hmm. and the the holy ghost shows up as a dove and then there's a voice from heaven that says this is me my beloved son hear him
0: oh, right yeah. So, yeah so
1: even that phrase is apparently borrowed anyway
0: it is <laughs> Yeah, right. And I think it's only in one of the First Vision accounts that he actually says that, if I recall, but not that that matters expressly here. So another little tidbit.
1: Throughout this year, we will focus in a special way on this historic event that took place in the Sacred Grove. Right. Which event? <laughs> yeah, so what? Uh- <laughs> what Michael is, beginning to introduce us to is the fact that there are not only nine different accounts. Inevitably, there would be a variation in the way they're written down, but these <laughs> these differences are significant. So we'll get into that.
0: Yeah, we will. Before we do, Dave, so if we take a look at the Christian concept of deity for a moment, which is obviously the pattern that Joseph was trying to follow and introduce in his theology, God the Father talking to man rather than Jesus talking, or or sometimes referred to as the Lord, there is some convolution and disagreement among even Christian sects about this being called Jehovah. Is that Jesus before he's born, or is that God the Father? And there's some different ideas on that. It doesn't matter as much to lay Christianity because of the concept of the Trinity. They're really the same God anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Mm-mm. To Mormonism, it matters. And they claim right. that, that Jehovah, whenever Jehovah was talking in the Bible, it was Jesus before he was born. Very few times does God the Father actually talk. I mean, one is one of those times, Dave?
1: When he does show up, he shows up to introduce his son. The idea being that the work is through my son. It's even taught in the temple. He sends his son down to the earth to interact with mankind. And he's told to return and report. The father himself never does go down Mm -hmm. to visit mankind. It's always through the son. And then the son through his representatives, Peter, James, John, so forth. And Oh, and Rusty Nell.
0: That's right. Of course. And the lighted okay. pen. And that's where the voice comes from, by the way. I just found out. Rusty told me the other day, he said, I do hear a voice. now And then I said, oh, an actual audible voice. He said, yeah, through the tip of his lighted pen is where the voice cool. comes from. Yeah, like a little speaker.
1: I'm just wondering if those are available, like at Staples or
0: uh, probably not. No, I, th- I think you can get them online. They have to be internet capable because God hooks into the Wi-Fi. Oh. You stick the of tip course. of the pen in your ear, and you can hear God talking to you. Point is, get, getting back on topic, so isn't the Mormon belief that one of the few times this happened is when God talked to Moses?
1: Moses. Right. That was supposed and, to and have we'll been God at, the Father, right? Talking to Moses. Right. This, this again, is, is Jehovah, oh. but he actually, it's significant that you bring that up, because he says, uh, he asks, you know, what shall I tell the people your name is? And we get the the Yahweh, the I am that I am. Yahweh, yes. And so, again, really it's a generic being, a trinity, a being that shows up in three different manifestations. And so Michael already brought it up. We're going to try to look at how Joseph is trying to mimic Mm. These experiences that are recorded in the Old and New Testaments, which are very few, yeah. very limited visitations from the Godhead.
0: Yeah, you're right. You you reminded me, it's not God the Father that's supposed to have given Moses the commandments, right? If it was Jehovah, no. then in the Mormon belief, that was Jesus. That wasn't God the Father. Yes. So what do these guys see or hear so, with Moses, it's a burning bush, but then it doesn't consume the bush, right? So, it's like spiritual energy, a pillar, you know, of light, whatever, on this bush. This is how he sees, quote unquote, the presence of deity. There's no human shape. There's no discussion about seeing somebody that looks like a man, right? Mm hmm. And I think back, I'm not a biblical scholar by any means, I can't think of a time, either in the Old or New Testament, obviously other than the physical body of Jesus walking around, that somebody was supposed to have heard a voice or been talking with, you know, God or Jesus even, if he's not in the flesh, and seen a human shape. I don't think there was such a time.
1: Yeah. No, there was always a, a, Just a, a reference to either hearing a voice yeah. and or seeing some form of light, yep. uh, a.k.a. fire, mm-hmm. burning bush, light. So Joseph's first two renderings of the first vision, he calls it a pillar of fire, yeah, later we'll changed to pillar of light. Yeah, And he says he was amazed that the trees weren't consumed mm-hmm. by the fire. So he's, again, fabricating something from what he his accounts that are available to him, he's saying, well, mine's got to look and sound a lot like these other ones. Mm -hmm. So he does a pretty good job of copying.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think, (laughs) again, just to summarize the Old and New Testament experiences, tell me if I'm wrong here, I don't think God the Father supposedly, again, in, in Mormon theology, that member of the Godhead, was ever heard or seen at all in any way in the Old or New Testament except when Jesus was baptized, right? Like you mentioned, his voice comes from the sky. He was this
1: heard. Is, he, yeah, was, he heard. was heard at the baptism. And that's it. it. Yeah. That's
0: that's it, right? In the whole Old and New Testament, as far as Mormon. Yeah,
1: Paul, Paul hears a voice in yeah. one account and another account. He's having the same problem. Joseph is, by the yeah, way, right. his, the two accounts of his road to Damascus. Which, oh, you know, yeah. his, where he was born again, they woke differ. up. Yeah, they and, differ. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, so that's it in the Bible. So Joseph has those at his reference. So let's get in, folks, to the absurdity and the namesake of our episode. The first visions, plural, and fabrication variation. So if you're going to fabricate something, get it right. I'm pulling up a website here that you guys can obviously go look at if you're interested on your own. It's the Joseph Smith Foundation, which is a church organization. They have a place called Joseph Smith Foundation Docs where they keep all the documents, go figure. And if you guys aren't aware of this, this team has been for quite a while now digitizing all the documents that were discovered in relation to Joseph Smith, including Joseph Smith's diaries. So you can go see those physically. They've copied every page and digitized it. You can go read Joseph Smith's diaries. David and I have talked about this a couple times, almost in bewilderment, because this stuff was never available to the lay members of the Church to just go look, right? I mean, you would have had to have gone to a church museum somewhere or got special permission to see these things. So it is kind of surprising, actually. If we look Mm. at the series of events, especially since 2010, 2013 forward, you can kind of understand one reason why. I think the Church almost feels compelled now to make everything public, make everything available. And they're trying to create a new narrative around this stuff rather than hide it. Mm-hmm. And and that seems to be, well, yeah, what they're trying to do.
1: Yeah, and they're also counting on uh, the pattern mm-hmm. of behavior, which mm-hmm. is the majority of them will never look at this shit anyway. Never. No, never. They're not interested in this. They're interested in talking to their friends for a few hours at church on Sunday.
0: The majority of the membership, I'd say well over 90%. Never would they come to a site like this. They don't give a shit. They don't care. No. They just believe it. They don't care
1: what's out there. They just, yeah. Like Orrin Hatch said, we believe that we know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that phrase.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> we believe that we know. What the fuck is that? <laughs> All right, man. What the hell
1: man. does that mean?
0: So, guys, if you came to this page, we're going to tell you what you'd see you would see, as you scroll down, major topics that are brought up in the different iterations uh, that were recorded about this supposed first vision, and nine different titles or whatever that represent the different dates and the different recordings, supposedly, of what happened with this vision. And so it begins with the topic, Birth of the Prophet Joseph Smith. And then it has a title and a date, and we'll tell you what those titles are and dates once so you know what we're talking about with these nine. And then if that recording or that expression of what happened in the vision had anything to do with this particular topic, it will list it. It'll give you the text of, well, yeah, this vision mentioned this, and this is what it said. Some versions don't mention that topic, so they're just blank, right? Uh, And so that's kind of the format. Of this page. And so, for example, like I was saying, if you look at the very top topic, the birth of the prophet Joseph Smith, well, that's recorded a little bit about that. In the very first recorded vision text was by Joseph Smith's hand himself. This is part of his diary that was found. It's in his handwriting, Joseph Smith Jr. It was dated 1832. Now, what's significant and about this- that is that the first vision supposedly happened in 1820. So if you think about this for a moment, and this is one of our major points in our podcast today, 12 years pass from this supposed first vision happening before Joseph Smith writes it down? (laughs) 12 fucking
1: years before he writes it down. Another point that comes to mind, and it, it fits right now, This is a huge issue, the amount of time that passes before there's any recording of it. But think about what date that is. The Book of Mormon has been published. The church has been organized. Now, Joseph Smith retroactively, Mm -hmm. and he's done this several times, is trying to add some veracity to his position as a man who speaks with God, he, either looking through, again, the scriptures themselves, he's saying, you know, wait a minute, I'm claiming to be a prophet, a founding prophet, but a restoring prophet mm-hmm. of God's one true living church. How is that possible without having seen or talked to or interacted with? godhead and yeah. so retroactively he says oh shit i better come up with something and so again i believe he pulls from the the known sources in the bible and in the old and new testament and there that's why there's so much inconsistency in the different accounts again making it up as he goes exactly okay
0: yeah, exactly. I spilled the beans. That's no, a big no, that's, that's it. And that's what launches us into this conversation about these different visions. We won't go into specifics in the episode today, guys, but it's a lesser-known fact to a lot of members of the Church that there was a period of time after the publication of the Book of Mormon, David just kind of went through this, Joseph is trying to gain members into this Church, etc. He actually went through different phases. At one point, we know he tried to sell the copyright to make money, which, that has to be a head-scratcher, right? I would hope, (laughs) to people. (laughs) Uh, But things weren't going so well for Joseph in one period after the publication of the Book of Mormon. It wasn't going as he had planned, and he found himself having to create narratives—does that sound familiar to the Church today? (laughs) he had to create narratives that like david said made this story more exciting made him somebody who people would want to follow more and so this was one thing he created the concept of the first vision and that's that's prob that's part of what spawned the whole first vision yeah. narrative to begin with he did he wouldn't have needed it yes. if he was having the success that he was hoping for right right so and that that as was another yeah. example
1: I- I don't want to take too long, because we are going to do a podcast on the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible. Definitely. But as he looked through the scriptures, he noticed that there was prophecies Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, especially, about significant beings that would show up. So he, as a founding, restoring prophet of the one true gospel, there should be something in the Old Testament about him. So he just added it in. (laughs) That's so, right. if, if you're interested, go to the Joseph Smith translation Genesis 50, where he just adds in a prophecy about a man named Joseph that will show up in the latter days, named after his father, yeah. and shall restore all things. Yeah. Well, that's convenient. Yeah. How? And non... that's what's going on with this first vision. Yeah. It's how... the same, same thing. Retroactively making sense out of this yes. made-up story.
0: Yes, not, how non-narcissistic of him to mention himself in a biblical prophecy, yeah. right? So, uh, as I said, I'll tell you what these first visions are by title, and these are the ones that will show up as we scroll through these topics. So the first one again, 1832, Joseph Smith wrote it himself in his diary. That's the first recorded vision. 1835, Warren B. Cowdery 1839, the official Pearl of Great Price version, what would become that, which is really 1838, and then 1839, uh, official canonized whatever Pearl of Great Price. 1840 was the Orson Pratt pamphlet. 1842-A, they call it, was a Wentworth letter. (laughs) 1842-B is a pamphlet that was uh, put together by Orson Hyde, 43, the New York Spectator had an article about the first vision and asked the church to tell them, you know, hey, tell us what happened. 1844, Alexander Neibauer, N E I B A U R, and then 1850 was the last instance. John Taylor talks about the first vision and the millennial star. So these are the nine instances where it's mentioned in some type of an official manner, like this is what happened, right? These are the details. So these are the nine that are talked about. So the first topic was birth of the prophet. His early move to Palmyra and Manchester is mentioned, second topic. They were poor, had a large family, okay? He learned farming. His education was limited, Joseph became interested in spiritual things, just scrolling through the topics. There was a religious revival in his neighborhood, which is actually questioned by some religious historians, by the way, whether that even happened. Many people were converted. The churches contended with each other for converts, and that happens today. That's not unusual. They professed unity and harmony, yet they practiced dissension. Joseph's mind was troubled. We could maybe start there. Okay, let's start with Joseph's mind was troubled, and we'll find some differences here that I think are significant, Dave. So in Joseph's oldest recorded vision, folks, why did he go pray to God? Okay, what was his reason for praying to God? And if you think about it... Forgiveness
1: of sins.
0: Well, yeah, I, you just, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. you just spilled it, right? So if you asked a member. Sorry, I mean. No, no, no. That's perfect. <laughs> if you asked a member, why yeah. did Joseph pray? Oh, he wanted to know what church was true, right? That's the official story. No. 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 That's not what he says. In his very first recorded instance of, why did I even pray? Quote, my mind become he, you got to remember Joseph was kind of an idiot with his writing, right? My mind that's why he had scribes. <laughs> so yes. my mind become exceedingly distressed for I became convicted of my sins. That's what he wrote in his diary. That's why he went to pray, not to find out he, what church he, is he, true.
1: Right, he mentions know. in another account falling into diverse is the word I think is uh, Yep. he never talks specifically about what he's doing wrong. I'm wondering if his conscience isn't bothering about ripping people off, <laughs> <laughs> being a money digger and taking people's money and, and returning with nothing for them. Hey, maybe that, that would, uh, even a guy with a, small conscience would start to be bothered by that Oh, oh
0: yeah no and and who knows right maybe he's uh, uh projecting a little bit in this diary that what david said in the 35 uh account being wrought up in my mind respecting the subject of religion oh now it's not my sins it's i'm thinking about religion in 39 a serious reflection and great uneasiness, but though my feelings were deep and often poignant, that, this is the official one, right? You'll recognize this language. Mm-hmm. My mind at times are greatly excited, the cry and tumult were... Sh- so it's all about all these people are excited about which religion to join, and my mind was confused, right? Nothing to do with his sins. In 1840, the thought of resting his hopes of eternal life upon chance or uncertainties was more than he could endure. Uh So kind of a question of existence almost and chance and whatever. 1842, I understood not the way. If I didn't know the way, I wouldn't know which to walk in, right? So I I couldn't endure that. Nothing, then in the next two accounts, and then in the last account, eighteen fifty, his mind was troubled, he saw contention instead of peace and division instead of union. So again, kind of like how people were reacting to religion rather than his own sins. So there's a huge mm-hmm. disparity there, guys, as far as this whole concept of I went to pray about what ch- what church was true, if any, was not why he said he did it in his oldest account, from his own hand, which I would hope people would say, well, that's probably the most reliable if Joseph Smith wrote it himself. (laughs) So, anyway, anyway, that's one. Several of his immediate family were converted. Joseph desired to join one of the churches. We heard about that. He could not tell which was right. He doesn't mention that in his diary, in the oldest account. Nothing about not knowing which was right or wrong. It's very noticeable. As you scroll through the site, guys, and you look at these comparisons... There's a big blank under 1832 from Joseph's hand himself about this idea of not being able to tell which was right and which was wrong. There's a big blank there. <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> ba right? Like, this is missing from his diary. All right, then we go on. Wow. Consequently, he turned to the scriptures. Well, he does talk about reading the scriptures in his oldest account. And then he received witness of God from the power and beauty of nature. Ah, Some of the language there. For I looked upon the sun, the glorious luminary of the earth, and also the moon rolling in their majesty through the heavens, and also the stars shining in their courses, and the earth also upon which I stood, and the beast of the field, and the fowls of the heaven, and the fish of the waters. It's very poetic. Like, wow, Joseph, you got, maybe you should be a writer. Uh-oh. Mm. <laughs> I think what? that's where he was going. All right. He felt that God was not the author of confusion. That's mentioned in a few of them. He knew that the question was one of great importance. Well, not in the oldest account, but in some of the others. He discovered James chapter 1, verse 5. That's significant, right? If any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. That's what caused him to go pray, right, is what we're told. Not in his account. No. <laughs> Nothing there. No. Blank. That only came later. That came later. The passage had a strong impact on my mind. Nope, because he doesn't even mention it in his old account. I decided to pray. Well, he mentions this. Therefore, I cried unto the Lord for mercy, for there was none else to whom I could go and obtain mercy. Great that he talks about that in his oldest account. He went into the woods to pray. No, he doesn't mention that in his old account. Say what? What? Isn't it all about the sacred grove? Uh, no. <laughs> Not in his account. This was added later, people. This was added later. The powers of darkness intervene. Remember the struggle? with The Mormons think Satan himself was trying to stop Joseph from praying. Recall this? Not mentioned. Well,
1: what greater thing to fight against than the... Eventual formation of God's true one church. I mean, Satan's got to be all over that. Got to be. He's got to show up to fight against that. Come on. Yeah. Nothing.
0: Nothing in Joseph in Joseph's oldest account. Nope. Didn't happen. In thirty five, there's a thing that says, or in other words, I made a fruitless attempt to pray. (laughs) Doesn't talk about darkness or anything. Yeah, fruitless attempt. Well, that's not very inspiring. (laughs) It's not until the 38-39 official story when this whole drama comes in about Satan trying to stop him, right? Again, let's make this more compelling, right, for people. Uh, His mind was benighted with doubts. Nope. Only one of the nine talks about that in 1842. His tongue would not function. Nope. Not in his original words. He heard strange sounds. No. Didn't happen. He exerted new strength. Nope. Again, that whole drama didn't happen. So in uh, 1832, okay, he was then able to resume prayer. Well, he does talk about praying in his oldest account. The Lord heard my cry in the wilderness and while in the attitude of calling upon the Lord. Okay. I saw a pillar of light. Well, that had to be in his original account. Well, he does say, a pillar of fire above the brightness of the sun at noonday came down from above and rested upon me. He does say those words in his oldest diary account. That gets
1: Mm.
0: expanded, this whole light thing later. He was caught up in a heavenly vision. Well, he says, I was filled with the Spirit of God, and the Lord opened the heavens upon me in his oldest account. Okay, this is kind of important. I saw two glorious personages, right? This is the concept of the Mormon Godhead. He saw God the Father and Jesus Christ as two separate people standing in the air, right? This is Mormon doctrine. And the Holy Ghost, he didn't see because it's a spirit, right? This is what we teach. Well, what does he say in his own words in the oldest account? and i saw the lord uh-oh that's it who's the lord usually it's usually interpreted as jesus okay i saw jesus i saw the lord that's it one one person folks uh-oh <laughs> uh-oh Joseph was told that his sins were forgiven, and well, yeah, in his oldest version, he says that because that's why he went to pray, for his sins to be forgiven. That's it.
1: Well, and naturally, they were forgiven. Yes. Could you imagine why would he include an account where he went out to say, God, I'm sorry, I'm kind of a screw-up, doing a lot of things that I know you don't like, would you please forgive me? And he said, no. No. <laughs> yeah it wouldn't make too great
0: of a story right the people you'd have them all excited up to that point and when you told them no they'd be like oh and they'd walk away (laughs) they'd be like oh that sucks i don't want to get out of here loser yeah to be you so we're almost done with these topics He, he was given information on the things which had agitated his mind no he wasn't not in his diary he was told to join none of the churches. Well, he mentions this a little bit in his diary. It says, Behold, the world lieth in sin at this time, and none doeth good, no, not one. They have turned aside from the gospel and keep not my commandments. Behold, they draw near to me with their lips. Their hearts are far from me, which he stole from the Bible. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Apostles, behold, and lo, I come quickly. But there's nothing about not joining a church in his original diary. Uh oh. God just says the earth is in sin, right? He doesn't say, don't join any of these churches. He was told that the truth would be made known to him. Nope. Uh, Other things also occurred. Well, (laughs) that's broad. He says in his diary, there were many things which transpired that cannot be written. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Too sacred. Yeah, I suck at writing or too sacred. Yeah. Then the vision withdrew. No, he doesn't mention that. Uh, Leaving him weak, but filled with great joy. Well, he says, my soul was filled with love, and for many days I could rejoice with great joy, and the Lord was with me. Well, because he was forgiven of his sins. Yeah, so, hey, I'm on top of cloud nine here. He mentions that. He went home. Actually, he doesn't even say that in his diary. (laughs) You couldn't assume that. Uh, Well, he didn't go to the woods anyway, so why would he? He was home, as far as we know. (laughs) in his <laughs> diary, uh, when he told the story, he was persecuted. He mentions this. He says, I could find none that would believe the heavenly vision. Nevertheless, I fell into tra- transgression and sinned in many things, which brought wound upon my soul. Oh, again, what did you deceive people about treasure again? My father's family have suffered many persecutions and afflictions. So he basically, his first diary says, I, I went to go receive forgiveness. I, I was forgiven. Then I went about my life and kept sinning. That's basically, <laughs> that's his diary, <laughs> right? That's what he's saying. And then this is well, the last topic. he
1: forgave me once, he'll,
0: he'll forgive me again. Sure, I hope so, right? I'll like just keep, I'll, I'll just keep yeah. praying, right? Um, and that was it, folks. Uh, and then the very last one, this, this is significant as well to end the uh, nine comparisons. At the time of this vision, he was 14 years old. That's what we're told. Well, in his own diary, he says... In the sixteenth year of my age. Uh oh. Um. <laughs> so he's either sixteen, if you take that literally, or he could be fifteen, cause his birthday was in December. So he could have been. He could call that in his sixteenth year of his age, right, Dave? Cause like I'm going to be sixteen. Yeah. At the. So but that, not fourteen. But not fourteen. No. Uh fourteen came in in thirty-five. Warren Cowdery, I was about fourteen. Well, I, I guess about fourteen. In thirty <laughs> in thirty-nine, it says in this time I was in my fifteenth year instead of my sixteenth year, which they interpret as fourteen. Well, how old were how old was he when this happened? I think he would know
1: probably. Right. All righty. It's not something <laughs> that you would just go, well, that was cool. Mm-hmm. I saw God, the father and his son. You share it with a couple people. They tell you you're out of your fucking mind mm-hmm. and go away. And so, and this is one of the excuses the apologists use of why he didn't even write anything down for so long is because he, he couldn't mention it. He bullshit. would be, you know, yeah, Absol- persecuted.
0: Absolute bullshit. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, that that's not what was going on. Think about everything the the significant dates here is 1832 to 1838. Look at everything that happens in those 6 or 7 years and you can see how that created this new narrative that came out yes. in 38, 39. Yes, exactly. Based on all the all that had transpired, ah, it's the same same thing over and over again. Yep, and so and the church is yeah. still being restored. So that means <laughs> Wait a minute. What does that mean? Does that mean And uh, by the way, that is another teaching in the church. It's not talked about openly, but the question is has each succeeding prophet seen either God the Father or the Son? And then there's these little faith promoting stories mm. about such yeah. and such a prophet was in the temple, and he saw the Son of God, and, y- yeah. you know... The,
0: we should do an episode uh, okay. on just the topic of the second comforter, the second anointing. Yes, we should. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a folklore yeah. that's taught in the Church, and, uh, well, sad to say, to spoil the little <laughs> surprise there, it doesn't happen, and it never has happened where they've seen Jesus and they admit it. That's a killer. And that's one that a lot of members don't realize either. Uh, Some of the 12 have admitted this fact openly in public. Maybe we'll talk about it. But guys, I guess I would sum it up like this, Dave, the way that we started it with those seven little clips, either Joseph really saw what he said he saw, or this is a fraud. I think that's true. Of course, that's and true. the
1: only way we're told, as members of the church, that we can know is the same old throwback. Well, you've got to pray about it yourself
0: mm-hmm.
1: and ask God the same way Joseph asked God, "If any of ye lack wisdom, yep, ask but him. Did you, did yep. this really happen? But you won't and see if, the if vision. You get a warm feeling, and especially if you tear up, yeah, you've got your answer." Yeah, you won't receive a vision,
0: just so you know. You're not as special as Joseph was at 15, I mean 14, I mean 16 years of age. Uh, You won't get a vision, but you'll get feelings. Nothing more than feelings, which never deceive. (laughs) Right?
1: You know, as an example, from one of the accounts, he says... I also saw many angels in yes, the vision. Yes. Now, think of the word vision. Vision is different than visitation. That's right. That's right. And it was I, a word. I could sit here and do some mushrooms and have a vision. Well,
0: right. It was It was a word now, used. If I had
1: some, I'd... anyway.
0: No, it was a word used commonly back then. We've talked about this, the magic worldview. It was a word used commonly in Joseph's day the occult, having visions having dreams his father was a was a visionary man he would wake up and tell the yeah. family about the dreams that he had right people yeah. believed in their dreams as fucked up as weird as, as dreams can sometimes be as you guys know and this was a vision right i've had a vision well you you mean you yeah, remember the dream called you the had the first
1: visitation <laughs> it's called the first vision the first that's so... right
0: the first dream <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: Oh, I mean yeah anyway now now I'm, I'm the wheels are turning I got all kinds of things you know we'll have opportunities to continue to address this Yes
0: we'll come back as we'll, we'll talk as about.
1: Rusty continues to build up all the hype for the big whatever thing they're gonna do where they're gonna spend millions of uh, tithing dollars on some fuck who knows what it's gonna be hmm. some reenactment maybe. Maybe he'll get God to, to reappear again. <laughs> uh, or
0: the Lord, Dave. Is it God or the Lord? Oh, the Lord. Or is it both? Yahweh or, or, or Jehovah. Or, or was it Wait, a host of angels? El? Was it Elohim? I thought it was a bunch of angels. Wait. Uh-oh. Damn, we need to get our version straight.
1: <laughs> All this work and we're still confused? Damn it.
0: <laughs> That's the point, guys. The narrative is there is no confusion. Which is a lie. It's all confusion. There is no straight record. And if you were to put this in court, right, and say what Joseph wrote is the exact truth, which obviously you can't prove, but let's say you could. What he wrote by his own hand is not what we teach in the church. That is a problem, is it not? Yes, it is. I think so.
1: Yes. And all right, guys. There's none about that. Yeah. Uh, it, by the way, so they're doing this on April 6th, was it, which was another uh, <laughs> add-on. Yes. Because yeah. all Joseph says is it was the spring of 1820.
0: Yep. There's no and day. And then they
1: thought, well, we organized the church on April 6th. Let's just call it April 6th. <laughs> Guys, that's issue after
0: issue after issue, right? I mean, it just doesn't stop. There's no date. You're not going to go down and write the fucking date down when God visited you? Of course you would write that fucking date down. Just like you'd probably write the date down of when you got the priesthood restored to you, right? Yeah, and where (laughs) and how
1: and the details. (gasps) no none of it
0: didn't happen oh my god all right we love you guys we will talk to you next week dave
1: peace out my friends